I don't hear music. Hello, 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 everybody. We are ready to tackle just about another Monday afternoon. And I want to make sure that everybody knows, of course, we're out on Rumble and all that other stuff. But we also happen to have some GFBS merchandise. You can go to gfbsmerchandise.com, follow us on Rumble with any questions or comments. And, of course, you can call 701-213-0863, and Paul will go, oh, you have a message, you have a message. So he'll get the old woman's attention here. But we are going to tackle one of my favorite uh, all-time fads today. Don't get triggered quite yet, but we're covering, uh, we're covering climate change with one of my favorite weather people who agrees with me, uh, I believe anyway he has in the past, that it's not climate change, it's called the weather. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Mark Owens is in the house. How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing really well. You look like you're in rare form today, my well, friend. Well, you know, this stuff really, really ticks me off. Mm-hmm. And I do mean really ticks me off. Because I'm sitting here and, and everyone says, oh, you, you don't care about nature. Dude, I love nature. I, I go out and feed the damn squirrels and the chipmunks. And mm-hmm. I rescue I rescue honeybees from my from my water bowls outside for my dogs i am a nature person but this stuff is bs it has nothing to do with nature it's all about control all about power it's all about who rules and it's all about money as we're going to get into today because uh what i've been doing lately has been following the money Mm -hmm. always follow the money it'll lead right back to the group that wants to control the world well, and they've got a good start on it because they've brainwashed quite a few of our uh, unfortunately uh, undereducated people mm-hmm. that, we've, that we're graduating these days who seriously believe that we are going to die. And when I try to point out to them that there has not only not been a huge increase in the sea levels and other things, but if it was that big of a danger, would Obama and the rest of them be buying beachfront property? I, I mean, there are a lot of things, but these folks ain't stupid. Think about it. Think mm-hmm. about it. Just that alone, if you're really concerned about climate change, are you still going to let John Kerry fly and spew more carbon dioxide in one trip over to Europe than 100 Americans do in a year driving their automobile? No, Absolutely. that little tidbit doesn't mean anything. They're going to be building houses on the coast. No, no. Climate change is not a problem. Not in the sense that it's being driven. Well, you know, one of the funny things, I don't know if anybody's ever tried to track an airplane, but there's that flight aware. Yeah. And I've gone out and looked at flight aware and the entire map is just a mass of airplanes. Oh, yeah. And and there was a meme that said, people, the problem is not the cows. No. <laughs> I no. mean, it's, it, and, and the vast majority of those flights and everything else, especially when they're having a, a, a climate change summit and everybody comes in on their own private plane. Right. Well, it does the sex workers really you know, <laughs> well, but other than that. And the thing is, is, okay, all these aircraft are flying so high, and there's actually, for some strange reason, a dearth of research that's been done on the water vapor that the aircraft release along with the CO2 at the very highest levels of the atmosphere. And what little bit is out there basically says, eh, yeah, it's there. It's causing higher level cloud cover, which will probably reduce sunlight, but don't worry about it. Okay, less sunlight, cooler globe. Hmm, I just a thought. Well, you know, and the other fun thing I think about is, 
with all these people, you know, talking about saving trees and things, mm-hmm. but we've got these wind farms and the the carnage if you walk underneath one of them, as far as the mm-hmm. the birds and stuff, and also the solar panels. Well, where they're hitting the bricks uh, because they're running into the solar panels, and you know, I, I know there's no buddy testing this either, but I have to think that those massive farms have got to do something to the jet stream. And I also have to think that the solar farms, especially as large as they are, have to generate some heat, which I would think would also cause problems with the, the fact that we're adjusting the weather. Every time we've had this discussion, it comes back to every time you change the color of an object, you change the amount of re-radiative forcing that occurs. And that's what's happening with solar panels. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of acres of land going from relatively reflective or at least somewhat absorbent material to becoming just this huge thermal island all across the globe that they're doing it. So yes, they're raising the temperature. They're causing more warming locally, and then which feeds back, of course, globally from that. And you talked about the soul, uh, the destruction of the of the, the agricultural yes. side, the forest. When you put up wind towers, they've got to have a wide open berth. So if they're anywhere downstream of any kind of obstructions that need to be removed, they're pretty good for the most part of putting them in the plains. But they'll take trees out of the way as necessary. Well, not only that, but I like how they want to put them outside of Martha's Vineyard, and well, I sure. don't think so. No, no. Not the, in uh, my backyard. Highfalutin Lib said, nah, not today. Well, they said the same thing when the <clears throat> immigrants showed up. So New York City's funny how much fun that is. But that's oh, yeah. a whole other topic. Suddenly it's an emergency. But, but the other thing I have a problem with is they're doing a lot of cloud seeding and stuff in North Dakota, and yes. that can't be good. Cloud seeding is an interesting thing because they're basically dropping dry ice. What's dry ice? Oh, wait, carbon dioxide. Right, exactly. So they're dropping carbon dioxide with some other materials that the intent is, and yes, the research is very inconclusive, even they've been doing it since, well, they've been doing cloud seeding since the 50s, but in North Dakota since the 70s, as far as I know. And all that really does, the theory goes, they will increase the rainfall and decrease the hail size. But even after, what, 60 years now of research, 50, 60 years of research it is still inconclusive. Typically in the scientific community, by the time you've got 50, 60 years worth of data, you have have something pointing you in the right direction. So it's still very inconclusive. Now, I haven't visited with anybody from WeatherMod in a long time to see what they're doing, but they're still pushing it to the point where they've received, obviously, a lot of federal and state money to put new radars out there and to continue the process. Well, I find it interesting because I looked at uh, some of the cloud seeding operations in North Dakota, and North Dakota Senator Dwyer has a vested interest in a cloud seeding company. Um, It's right here in black and white. I'm looking right at it, and it's got his address and everything else. So what... What's bothering me is the more I'm digging down and digging down into this, I'm finding a lot of, no, I take that back. I'm finding very few people in Mm -hmm. North Dakota are benefiting greatly from a lot of these projects. And a lot of those people Mm -hmm. are in our own government. Yes. Well, that's by design. I mean, you recognize that. Not your, and, and we've got to make sure, I need to make sure I delineate between your average, you know, Joe and Jane schmuck government employee who goes to work every day is doing the business of the government. Those people are as much pawns as the rest of us. It's the folks at the higher levels that are actually driving the ship. They're the ones that are responsible for much of the fraud, waste, and abuse. The rest of the folks are just trying to collect a paycheck, do a job, feed their family, be productive citizens. And in their eyes, most of them are very patriotic people who are serving their government directly. And, you know, it's a government job. It must be well paid. <laughs> well, you know, you do get a relatively decent compensation for working for the government. For yes. putting up with a, having to swallow an inordinate amount of BS that your ordinary citizen isn't forced to drink yet. Well, it's coming. <laughs> but, but see, you know, I love how they so, they so smugly go follow the science. But I did a little digging here, too. Government-funded science journal admits over 2,600 of its papers may have, quote, exaggerated claims. Mm-hmm. The top science journal f- uh, funding from the federal of government is recently forced to admit that uh, over 2,600 papers from the American Association for the Advancement of Science peer-reviewed journal were closely scrutinized by rival research journals, Cyanometrics, and the subsequent study determined that from 1997 to 2021, the journal saw a 40% drop in the use of 
hedging words. Hedging words refers to terms and phrases that could or appear to in order provide some room for doubt rather than detect, depict absolute confidence. In other words, people, I'm going to put that simply, they're lying to you. The National Science Foundation did a recent study very similar to that, and they found out that there was a lot of duplicity in the data. Basically, scientists copying each other information and simply regurgitating it without actually doing additional research. The core of science that makes it work is that you present a paper, I look at it, and I'm supposed to look at it with a very skeptical eye yes. and not believe everything you've given me and try to tear it to pieces. That has become a thing of the past because there's money in them, their research Grants. Hills. Grants. And so if we can continue to forward something, regardless of what it may be, whether it's CO2, CO2 sequestration, which I think we'll probably talk about. Yes, we will. Or whether it's climate change or whatever the case may be, you've got something that right now has captured the American people's attention out of fear more than anything else. Well, you know, we, we specialize in creating crises that would not exist if we hadn't created them. And then we, of course, uh, move forward to the solution, which, of course, you're going to have to pay for it one way or another, usually many ways. And this is so funny because this, this journal responding to the criticism finally acknowledged that uh, its research suggests the worrisome rise of unreliable and exaggerated claims. No. So uh, these are the people that I'm supposed to freaking trust. I don't know. You may understand when I say this, but I was brought up that science was nothing more than an evolution of constant questioning and that there was never an absolute science because if there ever was an absolute science, that an inherently was flawed. Right. Outside of the mathematics where 2 plus 2 is pretty exactly. much always going to be 4. Well, any not basic anymore, sci- <laughs> That's a whole other show. <laughs> okay, outside of theoretical math. <laughs> Outside of the mathematical sciences, the majority of sciences do live within some flux world, and you can always find a way to bend the rules of a particular science that is not as rigid as the mathematical world. And meteorology, even though we've been studying it for many, many hundreds of years, we really still do not understand all of the complexities, the feedbacks, the way that things happen. We're just starting to get a handle on one thing. The oceans all of a sudden become critical. We really do not understand how the oceans, for example, modulate temperature or the increase of the water vapor from the aircraft. That's a whole new dynamic that didn't exist. Volcanic eruptions, which are a part of the process, tend to get poo-pooed because, well, you don't want to have anything natural interfering with the weather. It's got to be human. So, God forbid. No, it, it, it is evolutionary. Science is virtually always evolutionary. And when you come up with somebody that says, this is definitive, unless you're saying 2 plus 2 is still 4, then we have a, have a problem. Well, and there's money, as you said, in them that are projects. And that's what's so bad is this, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, Act, which Biden even admitted has nothing to do with inflation. We just called it that so everybody would feel better. You mean the Green New Deal 2.0? Yeah, yeah, basically. Here's the thing. It's, it's... Every time I peel back the onion, all it is is more reward to large, larger corporations. It's crony capitalism. If, if the green movement was really that good, marketing and uh, regular capitalism, those boys would be leading that freaking charge without any subsidies. Mm-hmm. You know, you just hit them on something that's really important because many on the left side of the aisle do not realize how they've been duped. They're so, you know, they're anti-capitalist. Yes. But what is the government doing? It's feeding the capitalistic machine. Crony capitalist. Crony capitalist. Right. And so not the true capitalistic machine, but they're feeding it in such a way to go ahead and make sure that the machine bends in a certain way to feed a deal that is for the left and not for the truth or the right or whatever the case may be. Well, I'm going to... My students would, would look at me when I said, all right, let me explain to you how this works. Hamburgers and stuff used to be wrapped in paper and given to you in a paper bag. Mm-hmm. I said, then we decided that paper was killing trees, so we went to styrofoam. How's that working out for us? Because now, of course, what's full of the landfill? The shelf Sty- life. Yeah, this, yeah. Paper biodegrades. Styrofoam? Mm-hmm. Not, Not so much. much. And I said, we went from paper bags to plastic bags. What do you see hanging all over the trees? Mm-hmm. Plastic, plastic bags. bags. And we, my other favorite is we went from washing diapers to disposable diapers. Have you checked the landfills lately? Full of disposable diapers. Uh, so here, here's the problem I got. I just go, you know, 
we create more problems trying to fix this problem that someone came up with. And it's, it's almost based on, on the light bulb principle, mm. which I had explained to me, which is when light bulbs were first made, mm-hmm. they didn't go bad. They, yeah. they would run forever and ever and ever. And so people would buy a few light bulbs and they were good. Yep. And the light bulb industry said, well, we can't have that. You've got to have a burnout we, rate. Yeah. So that's why light bulbs only last for so long. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, okay, so something's working. We got to break it. We got to make sure we break it. And we're going to come back to that because first of all, we've got to do an profit margin break for executive properties. Take it away, Paul. You still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Okay, and Executive Properties, get a hold of them for snow removal. And apparently around, uh, there was a little bit of snow up north. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it is that time of year, so it's only inevitable. But luckily, it stayed relatively decent after that bit of a wet spell that we just had, which has been a, a, a mixed curse and a blessing because it slowed things down for a couple of days. But now the beet harvest is back in full swing. The water is percolating down in the soil. It is money in the bank for next spring. But but you know full well, every time, oh, it, we set a new record. Every time I hear some clown on the radio go, well, we set a new record for heat. We set a new record for earliest snowfall, earliest frost. I'm just like, I'm going, okay, and so how long have the records been going on? Yeah, 130, 140 years, you know, some in the East Coast longer back, but still. Yeah, yeah. Which, and how old is the earth? Yeah. We don't even have skin layer thickness of history. It, my point. And, and if you really wanted to track weather, you'd do the core samples. Yeah. But and even those are basically yeah, showing, how, yeah. How far we're, we we're cooler now than we were millennia ago. Which is why we've gone to climate change, because global warming wasn't working for Right. Too many holes got blown into that. So it's, yes, yeah, so we have to, and the climate has to change. So it's a misnomer. Well, what's bugging me so badly is all of our money whether it's federal or state, is going as massive tax subsidies to these green energy companies. And, and then what they're also doing is while they're funneling billions, that's with a B, billions of dollars into these uh, green companies, they're also imposing stringent, stringent um, fines and everything else on the stuff that actually works, conventional energy, coal plants and, mm-hmm. and oil production and stuff. So once again, through crony capitalism, they're, they're taking an even playing field mm-hmm. and tilting the scales in the, the way that they want things to go. And the reason I think they want things to go that way is because uh, they've got money invested. Because this isn't affecting the small energy startups. They're not the primary beneficiaries. Companies with more than $1 billion in revenue receive more than 90% of the tax benefits, over half of which are banks and insurers for green energy money, according to the Joint Committee on Taxation. So I'm not pulling that out of my nose or another orifice. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's so frustrating to me to watch these people just railroad us and we're fitting the damn bill. At its peak. At its peak output, the solar panels, the wind farms, uh, and hydroelectric, at their peak, produce perhaps one-third of the electricity. And those peaks are transient. So the other 70%, even at the peak, are still coming from nuclear or coal-fired or natural gas plants. And so the sun doesn't shine during the day, so the solar is off the air roughly 12 hours a day or half the day. Uh, Wind, obviously, is even more transient. And the hydroelectric, that's probably the most relatively steady, but it also varies depending on right now you're in a drought in the Mississippi River. Any of the Mississippi River hydroelectric systems are offline or at least at a minimum because they have to default to navigation first. So, again, 70% on a more consistent basis comes from nuclear, coal, and natural gas. Well, what I find is, is interesting is you cannot, literally cannot build a coal plant in the United States right now because of all the regulations and everything else. Meanwhile, China mm-hmm. is putting in coal plants like crazy. And 
we've actually got really good coal plants right now. The most of what's coming out of our coal plants is water vapor and everything else is being captured and coming back in. But China and India are putting in coal plants and they're not the clean kind. No. Hand over fist, but it's it's the United States and us that have to, you know, take one for the team and have our electric costs. And we need our, to make sure that our elderly are freezing mm-hmm. or melting, mm-hmm. that nobody can afford to have the lights on, and that, God forbid, you, you actually have a reasonable electric bill a month. Well, if you old farts would just die and go away, it'd be really okay, because then we'd have fewer people to have to deal with. You know, and I'm speaking as an old fart. Uh, They're working on it. It, it, uh, I get vapor locked when I talk I about this because it's just so inane. And the challenge is uh, even younger, relatively well, and I use the air quotes, educated people are falling for this because they're not thinking uh, of the actual science and looking with their own eyes as to what's going on. In college, you used to be challenged <laughs> by your professors to say, okay, this is what I'm going to teach you, but ask questions and try to pull coals in my theories and what we're talking about. Exactly. Now it is you must believe what I say or we're not going to give you a passing grade. Yes, and I've seen it on my own campus when I taught because my kids would come and talk to me about it. And I'd, I actually would look at them and i go, okay, here's the deal. You need this class to pass, right? And they go, mm-hmm. yeah, I do. I go, you know what you believe, you know what they believe, correct? Yeah. I said, all right, you've got a choice. You can choose this as the hill you want to die on, Mm-hmm. Fine with that. Or you can write them what they want to hear. You don't have to change your mind. Skip on down the road and prove them wrong later. Exactly. Yeah. That's the best way. Yeah. But, but the fact that we're forcing someone to pay for that, mm-hmm. isn't that... And then... Now we're going to pay their loans off anyway, so what the well, hell? Forgive me. You're yeah, right. I know. Gosh, what was Sorry. I thinking? Yes. What, what were you thinking? Well, you know. Here's the, th- here's the thing. Isn't that a song? <laughs> Milton Young plant is 50 mm-hmm. years old. Coal plants, plants don't tend to last much longer than that. They need to be replaced. All right. So what are we going to do in North Dakota? <laughs> We're going to come up with a wonderful thing called Project Tundra. And if you don't know what Project Tundra is, Look you're going to learn. And, of course, all of our delegates are behind it. Uh, all three of our federal delegates and, of course, Governor Burgum. And here's the thing. It's going to seek to annually capture up to 4 million metric tons of carbon dioxide. If you are a greenie, ooh, that sounds good. Now they're going to store it more than a mile underground in geologic formations, okay? Now, the estimated cost is going to be approximately $1.4 billion, although that number could fluctuate due to changing costs prior to construction. And... Um, they're, they're, they're pushing this. They're saying landowners are in favor of this, which I know is not the case with the carbon co- pipeline, because of the economic opportunities. Now, I want to bring up the carbon pipeline, because we've talked about this a little bit before. Mm-hmm. And what is your opinion on the carbon pipeline as far as necessity, safety, and everything else? Well, first, pulling carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere is not a necessity. Right. Let's start with the base premise of where we're coming from. If you don't need to pull the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, well, then it's probably not a reason to have the carbon capture program. Secondly, when you compress that much CO2 and place it under the ground, you're running the risk of two things going on. After our conversation earlier, I got to think, well, wait a minute. With all the fracking that was going on, and the USGS has written over the last 30 years dozens of papers showing that microquakes occur because of the change in the geology of the area. Now, they're typically, you know, relatively small. But what happens when there's any kind of an earthquake? The ground shifts. You generate new fissures. So let's say you have a cavern that is geologically sound at the outset, and you start putting in billions of tons of compressed carbon dioxide into this cavern. You're going to be changing the geology and the physical structuring. That changes the rigidity and the integrity of that cavern. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when when that carbon dioxide will find its way back to the surface. And if you don't think carbon dioxide is a dangerous gas, hmm, it's probably the worst of the gases to escape en masse. First, it comes out at somewhere in the neighborhood of minus 50 to 60 degrees centigrade. So as a liquid, it will kill you instantly from freezing to death. But if you're not close enough to die of frostbite, then it lays close to the ground. And uh, it takes a very long time for that amount of CO2 to dissipate. So now if you're near a small town or a farm or a ranch, whatever the case may be, you're dead because you asphyxiate. Here's the thing. Last year, 
A pipeline carrying compressed carbon dioxide mixed with hydrogen sulfide ruptured, engulfing the small town of Sartira, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Should be Still near, yep. near and dear to you, right? I, I know that story well. Yep. And it involved, involved, involved it in a green haze, leaving many residents convulsing, confused, and unconscious. The explosion serves as a vivid warning about the risks posed by what could be the next generation of pipelines to crisscross the United States. And I'm going to show a test here. Paul, could you, mm-hmm. could you get me this test up here? This was done in Sweden. This is an 8-inch CO2 pipeline. This is a small one. A small one. This is small. This video shows a rupture of a buried, dense phase carbon dioxide pipeline. The experiment was conducted in the safe environment of the DMVGL Spade Adam Testing and Research Centre to assess the consequences of such ruptures in terms of mass outflow, greater formation and dense gas dispersion. The viewer should note that the extent of the visible plume does not necessarily represent the extent of the dense gas hazard. that folks how you liking that now i want to explain that's an eight inch pipeline north dakota wants to put 42 inch pipes underneath your ground and they want to put uh 400 no 4 million metric tons of that crap uh one mile below the earth underneath a 50 year old coal fire plant what are you thinking yeah i'm thinking failure is not an option I, I want to go back to the, what the narrator said in that video that's very important. Okay. The extent of the visible cloud. Oh, that wasn't that big. Now, if you'll notice, they had a trench. So this was a study, a research project Correct. that was done in such a way to capture as much of the gas as possible. And CO2 is heavy. So they built the walls large enough to probably capture it. It's still there. Even after the cloud disappears, that CO2 is still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's, so if you walk into that valley until it's fur thoroughly dispersed, you will still suffocate. And as that cloud moves along the surface from what could be a theoretical future break, that cloud's going to move such in the way Minot? Mm -hmm. Hmm. There was a little accident in Minot one winter several years back where there was a train derailment that left a little gas loose. Didn't cause much of a problem there. Think of something that's many times worse. Well, and our ground is freezes. And we have frost land, and so it constantly shifts. Um, no. Look at my basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at your basement walls, even yeah. your poured walls after yeah. so many years. And that's what I'm saying. I live in a 100-year-old house, and come, come if you don't believe me, come take a look at my basement. Because, mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, yeah. the walls are moving all over the place now, and my pipes in my old house move. Mm-hmm. So when you hear the government say, well, we'll engineer it to the, you know, to the, to the point where it will not fail, they're lying. You cannot engineer something to that point. It's going to cost more than four billion, four billion, whatever, whatever, whatever you quoted. It's going to cost far more than that. One point four billion just billion. to put the thing together, just yeah. to put the thing together. That's yeah. to get it off the ground, mm-hmm. and then they're going to have twelve years of tax subsidies, and it's going to cost a hundred million to run the plant after it's built. A hundred million a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, should we be able to capture that CO2 and use it for other uses? Yes, CO2 is still an excellent fire retardant. CO2 can still be used in other mechanisms for propulsion. Hmm, who thought about propulsion? It can be used in many different gases. It's used in many different scientific research studies. CO2 can still very much be used and captured for other uses than sequestration because it's not the primary gas. (laughs) Sons of me. Yeah. No. You know, the funny thing is, is you can say that as much as you want to. But nobody's no. no. You know, I, we don't let facts get in the way. How can we allow facts to get in the way? But I do have some facts because I want to tell you about, oh, for heaven's cakes. 
And you all know I got muscles and all that other fun stuff, but I do like treating myself. And there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. And that's where O for Heaven's Cakes comes in because you're going to find the best cupcakes and cakes for any special occasion or, in my case, just a treat. Walk in to find out more, but I'm warning you, you're not going to walk out empty-handed and you're going to want to hang around for a while. O for Heaven's Cakes is on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. They're open Tuesdays through Friday from 10 to 4. Saturdays, 9 to noon, and you can call 701-757-CAKE. That's 701-757-2253 for those of us who don't spell one word by being the phone. Or go to oforheavenscakes at yahoo.com, and you can be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. Oh, for heaven's cakes in Grand Cities Mall. <laughs> really, they're delicious. They are. Oh, God, they're good. But <laughs> They are. All right, now here's where okay. I, If they were so positive that this was safe, why did North Dakota's legislature nix indefinite liability? After a company stops storing CO2, say after 50 years, the company will only be liable for the storage space for a decade more. At that point, the liability relates to the, reverts to the state rather than the company. So if this crap is so damn good, why are, kind of like with the COVID vax? Mm-hmm. Oh, no liability. You've got to have to live with it. So this this is bullshit. Okay, I will play the devil's advocate here. Do this. One, uh, uh, two things. A company might not be in business 10 years after they put this in the ground. So who's then going to be liable? At some mm-hmm. point, it has to revert back to the state. And the second thing is, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch getting old, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. People will forget about it. They'll forget that it's underground until it's no longer underground. Well, and I wonder why Bergam and everybody else thinks it's okay for North Dakota to become the dumping ground. We're burying nuclear waste. We're burying burying the blades from the windmill tile because those can't biodegrade or anything. We're burying those. Now we're going to be doing CO2. What the hell has occurred that... Bergamans, apparently a whole bunch of other people, think North Dakota as a state is a great place to build a garbage dump. Because we've got all this open space and nobody lives here. No, I don't know, because he's a rhino. What, what, what answer do you want? Well, quote Bergam, and this is a quote, we're sitting on this thing that is unbelievable. I have people say, hey, I'm against CO2. I tell them they can be against CO2 transportation and storage as long as you're comfortable being against the entire oil and gas industry. Bullshit. The entire coal industry and the entire ag industry, because ag is going to be driven by corn and soybeans, and corn and soybeans will be driven by fuels. And now we have all these plants coming here. But if you are for all the things we can do to decarbonize the planet and help lead the way in clean energy. So you're an evil bastard if you don't go along. No, 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 no. It's junk science at its worst is what we're seeing with this. Because, again, there is money being thrown at it. The crony capitalism is something that we do not discuss. And, unfortunately, that's infiltrated both sides of the political aisle. Yes. The Republicans have figured out you can't beat the Democrats. Let's join them. So while they continue to move forward with their little ivory tower world, the rest of us are going to be suffering. Because, okay, whose land are they going to have to take, borrow or otherwise? Suddenly, well, you know what? We need your land. Are you going to properly compensate a agriculturalist, a, a farmer, a rancher, or a community? How's that going to work? And when there is some sort of an accident, what guarantees do you have down the road that you're actually going to be there with the insurance and that money hasn't somewhere else been diverted or used capitalistically somewhere else? Well, and my husband, who does the math for me, said that that eight inch pipeline, if you went to 42, is going to be eight times bigger. Of a destruction area. And um, I've got a girlfriend who does the math for me. And the calculations of the North Dakota pipeline released based on the kosher COSHER test. I have no idea what the fuck that means. But 110,522 square miles covered in CO2 of four times the immediate lethal dose, as you said, for more than two minutes. A 15-mile section of 24-inch pipe released based on the uh, the kosher unit 446 square miles covered in CO2 of, t- of four times the immediacy of the lethal, do- lethal dose for more than four, excuse me, more than two minutes. Can mm-hmm. you hold your breath for two minutes? Because I cannot. I think that, you know, if we wipe out a max or a steel, eh, who cares? 
That's basically what they're saying there. They're yeah. going that, that you could lose a community of several hundred people and, well, yeah. yeah, you know. Like you said before, well, we have too many people anyway. Right, and there's too many people on the planet, so if we start thinning out the herd, that's one way to do it. I mean, I, you know, I hate to sound like I'm being a little snarky about no, it. No, I agree. We've got to back up and take a look at what this is really the potential is. And yes, life is filled with risks. I understand that. I'm probably at greater risk getting in my car and driving across town than from something like this. But all it takes is one incident like this. And then what? Well, also consider the frost line is about 80 inches or 6.5 feet. So anything above that's going to be moving. Yes. So we got all these pipelines going through there uh, with frost jacking. And um, so... Is water lines in North Dakota are all supposed to be greater than eight feet deep because of that. Electric lines anywhere from one to four feet deep. They were going to put this in at three feet deep, and people went, whoa. So they came back with a, oh, well, all right, then. We'll put it in at four feet deep. But I'm still saying still that, not deep enough. that sucker's going to go anyway. Still, Yeah, still not deep enough, no. And I know from experience in my former life that frost down to six feet is not uncommon at all. As a matter of fact, how many street floodings have you seen in the middle of winter from the frost getting down to those water lines, which are somewhere in that six to eight foot range? And they burst. So, yes. And you're under pressure, what, uh, I forget, what's a water line, 40 pounds, something like that? Yep, I, probably. Somewhere in that neighborhood. You're talking about something with magnitudes greater and a gas that is far more deadly than water vapor so well and in this little town in mississippi i mean Mm -hmm. nobody's heard about that no it's been it's surprising how well that has been kept out of much of the national that was the world's first co2 pipeline explosion and no one freaking knows about it i didn't i honestly didn't know about it until after it was a brother-in-law in in louisiana followed up with it and then you had sent me the uh the image I just, I'm just, and then we've, we've already discovered that they're faking the science mm-hmm. that they're supposed to be using to tell us what to do. Right. What do you do? What is the remedy? You have an oxygen mask handy? You've got some kind of a full body suit to be able to get you past those two minutes? Well, you know. And that's optimal. What in a dead calm night? What if you're in an area where... Uh, a treed area. Mississippi's full of trees, folks, in case you have never been to that state. Beautiful state. It is. And you get down there and you have something like that released into the atmosphere. Yes, it's going to be above the lethal level for two minutes. That's their statement. I wonder how long it really will be. Plus, it's going to be sequestered locally in smaller areas. Well, you mentioned the temperature. And the temperature, right. In the immediate release point, you're somewhere down in the neighborhood of minus 50, minus 60 centigrade. You know, okay. which is hundred, well below 100 degrees Fahrenheit, you will die pretty much instantly from that if you happen to be near the burst point. Okay, and I'm an old lifeguard. And something that people don't realize is that there's a thing about when you go in the water, there's a reflex. You, mm-hmm. <gasps> which is why people tend to drown so quickly. Right. So if you're hit with a wave of cold air, what do you think you're probably... You're going to ingest all that CO2 and you're done. Your initial reaction to me, similar, I would believe, would be similar it to be. the diving experience. <gasps> yeah, and once you get that amount of carbon dioxide in your lungs, you're done because you can't. It, it's such a heavy gas that you simply can't expel it. Plus, if there's a lethal dose of CO2 in the air for even a minute, well, you're already done because you can't. What you exhale it? What are you going to inhale? CO2 again. And and it's. I would imagine. I don't know if you've never been exposed to CO2. It's it's a horrible feeling. It is an absolute horrible feeling. I can't imagine it's good. I, I, I have to imagine it's scary. Um, we, when I was a lifeguard, we had to do a, a bunch of this stuff, and then I also scuba dove, and we had to do the exchange breathing and things, and mm-hmm. invariably, you get a little bit dicey down there, and so you usually suck up a little bit of water, too. Mm-hmm. I can't even begin to imagine what, what that must feel like, because... Taking in a bunch of lake or salt water is not a bundle of fun, but much less this thing, because like you said, the description of the people here where they were convulsing, mm-hmm. how do you treat that? Well, it literally blocks the oxygen from getting into the cells. It blocks the membrane. So even if you're, you're just going to be basically conv- the convulsing coming from trying to breathe, to breathe, but there's absolutely nothing there. You can't, you can't fix that for somebody because you're not going to be able to do CPR or anything for them. No, you can't. That's why I say. So unless you have breathers that are immediately handle, uh, handy. handy for someone to be able to grasp, you're, it's a done deal. 
So, Well, see, and again, when we look at this to follow the money, participants in this project, of course, North Dakota's Clean Sustainable Energy Authority is going to give a, has already approved a $100 million loan, and they're going to looking to approve $150 million more on top of that. Participants in the project, Minkota Power Elect, uh, Cooperative, TC Energy, Mitsubishi Heavy Industries, and something called Kiewit, K-I-E-W-I-T, have applied for separate $350 million grants from the U.S. Department of Energy. Again, $1.4 billion is going to be the startup cost, and then $100 million to run it. And then uh, I have to think, how many coal plants, which we know work, mm-hmm. could we put up that are clean and are just going to be expending water vapor well i can't answer that question literally but we could put up far more coal-fired plants and again with the scrubbing technology and the changes in just overall efficiency of the plants and the cleaner coal especially for using north dakota lignite then we'd be in a better place than getting money that and who's is there going to be a fee is north dakota going to be accepting a fee from other states that are going to be delivering their co2 for sequestration i i guess i'd like to see the business model as far as how the state benefits financially other than yeah well politicians you know and and this i find this is bs too these people said the costs of pub Project Tender are expected to have minimal or no impact on Minkota ratepayers. How? Yeah. How? That'd be a good question. I'd like to see the, uh, the, the physical statement. I'd like to see their theory behind that. Well, and the other thing is they even admit that all this is is an experiment. Having demonstration on a full plant is actually meaningful because it's coupled with dedicated storage. And, and, and it, this, this is an experiment. This is a very costly experiment that they're going to use to find out if this sucker actually works. And then they're going to apply it mm-hmm. elsewhere. So in other words, besides being the, the dumping ground. For the test bed. Yeah, the dumping ground. We get, we get, to, we get to be the test chickens. <clears throat> Uh, and 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 so we get to pay for it. We get to be testing it, and then when when it doesn't work, they'll use everything we screwed up on to go try it again somewhere else and charge those people money. Yeah, it's a it's 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 a game of roulette that we're playing with people's lives and the economy for that matter. We're not even talking. Okay, so have they given the model as to the rebate checks that we're all going to get from taking other people's carbon dioxide? Is there going to be some model by which the state benefits its populace? I'm surprised they haven't even talked about that because if you want to sell something to people, you have to make it appealing to them. Well, This has no appeal outside of a select group of people within the government and within the business industry. And our governor is a businessman. Well, here's the thing, too. It's he amazing. He it on the platform. Well, yeah, I know. He did it all by himself, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I built this company from the ground. Yeah. Okay, anyway. So what, what really bothers me about this whole thing, though, besides all the other things we've mentioned, is the fact that in the meantime, new coal and gas plants, they say, are out of the question. Mm-hmm. Completely out of the question. In the meantime... Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, Mark Christie, in testimony made before the U.S. Senate in May, goes, well, there's a core of a problem that's actually simple. We're retiring dispatchable generating sources at an pace and an amount that is far too fast and far too great, and it's threatening our ability to keep the lights on. He says it. What? He said it. I know. Right there. He said it. In testimony that can be found on YouTube, if you all disbelieve me, mm-hmm. he admitted this ain't gonna work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because somebody's gonna make money off of it, and then they can pack up and go home and do it somewhere else. Meanwhile, we're left with the disaster to clean up. Well, and he even admit the wind doesn't always blow, and there are service reliability concerns. I I had a kid in my class that used to work on the wind turbines, mm-hmm. and he said he'd gotten injured. That's the only reason he left that job because he said he was constantly busy. He says because those suckers are constantly breaking down. He says mm-hmm. I he says you went from one to the next to the next to the next, and you couldn't even keep up with it because he said all they did, kid, was break. Yeah, yeah. 
I know an engineer had said the same thing. And he had since retired. He worked for, shall we say, a global consortium that is one of the front lines for wind turbines. And he said the same thing. He said he spent his, much of his last half of his career going around the world and around the country working on wind turbines because the failure rate is so high. And they're putting more and more of them out into place. Now, let's test bed these projects a lot better. I, I'm sure the technology will become more robust, but what we're doing right now, the way the system is working, again, they didn't think about, okay, carbon fiber blades, oh, wait, they're not going to deteriorate? Yep. Where are we going to storm? When they crack, when they're fractured, when they're no longer, when the integrity is such that we can't be used, what are we going to do with them? Oh, wait, did, we didn't think about that on the front end. Oh, North Dakota, they'll take them because they're looking for money that we'll pay them with. Who's going to get the money for that? Well, it'll go to the people. No, it'll go to some people. Well, you mentioned that, and I'd like to mention the fact that the, the legacy fund was supposed to come to the people as a great benefit. That's why we got all the, the oil and everything yeah. else here. Yeah, who's, who's seen who's a bunch benefited of benefited Who's from seen it? that? Have you, did what you did see you do with your last legacy fund check? I'm curious. Oh, wait, you didn't get one? No. Hmm. And, and, and all the money that they're saying they're taking from that fund for my property taxes? Arr, arr, arr. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah 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 i'm i'm real you know i'm blonde and i'm old but uh, i wasn't no No, not 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 taking that one not taking that one all right we have one less profit margin break for churchill shoes who by the way folks they're having a sale October is SAS month at Churchill's Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. Churchill's Shoes is in their new location, and all SAS shoes are on sale all October long. Churchill's Shoes has been in business for over 65 years and know what the best shoes are for your comfort and well-being. It's SAS Shoes. Churchill's Shoes can cater to all your footwear needs, whether men's or women's shoes, from slim to triple wide. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturdays from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or go online at churchillshoesnd.com. SAS Shoes, your feet will be glad you got them at Churchill's Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. And I can see them from where I sit, and they've got huge sale signs in the window. So come on out and check them out. This will be the best thing you ever did for your feet. All right. Concerns come in winter, too, because on the coldest days, most wind generation grinds to a halt. And I also wondered, who the heck's job is it to go out and shovel off the solar panels? Because doesn't somebody have to do that? Well, you would think, otherwise they don't work. Oh, they don't work this far north during the winter anyway because the solar angles are too low. Well, see, I wondered about that myself because, you know, driving, driving back from the cities, my, our farm is, is south of the cities, and there's these huge, huge solar panel farms. Mm-hmm. And as I'm driving by on 94, I'm going, okay, somebody has to dust those suckers off in the winter. And you mentioned the angle, and you've got to be right. There, there can't be anything going on with those things. There is a decrease. They will generate electricity, but they will not generate electricity at a rate that really feeds the system very much. So there is a point of greatly diminished returns north of approximately, I think it's 42 degrees latitude. You get north of that and wait, we're almost at 50 degrees north latitude here in the northern part of North Dakota. So even in southern Minnesota, where they're around 44, 45 degrees latitude, your diminished returns for roughly a half of the year are pretty spectacular. So they're pretty, they look good, they make people feel good. We got solar panels, but they're not actually contributing to the grid. Again, EIA data, that's the Energy Information Administration. That is a federal uh, little nook, a part of the uh, Department of Energy. They have all the data, and they show at their peak together, they produce maybe, maybe one-third when everything is working, right? And that is transitory. So... Look the data up, folks. You can go find. And the thing about the EIA webpage, it's actually laid out reasonably well to find the information. They've got pretty graphs. You get to see the diurnal fluctuations and the way it goes. So you can see, here's coal, here's natural gas, here's wind, here's solar. Well, and the thing is, is Biden, of course, he attacked our... uh our uh, water heaters, our natural gas water heaters, and so he went after the dishwashers. He's now going after the natural gas furnaces. Apparently, we're, we're going to be reduced to rubbing two sticks together back. They're trying to send us back. Think about this, folks. What gas do you use in North Dakota? What is uh, Excel and other energy companies going to use? Hmm. What are we supposed to be, f- rather than flaring... Mm-hmm. They keep talking about that. Rather yeah. than flaring, they keep pushing natural yeah. gas, right? right? And we're not going to use that either. Why don't you capture it? I know I've often wondered why we don't capture that gas instead of flaring it. 
because we're too busy capturing CO2. Because there's a surplus in the system and it drives the price down. So yep. it really is driven. Like I say, it's the dark side of the capitalistic system when it is crony capitalism. Well, and see, that's the problem I have with all of this. If you dig down, long, if you dig down far enough and stuff, you can understand the fact that this has nothing to do with the benefit of the planet. No. This has nothing to do with the benefit of the people. No. This has everything to do with... Very few people, most of them in our government structure, who are going to benefit greatly mm -hmm. for long extended periods of time due to adopting these policies. And by the time those of us who are sitting out here in the trenches in mass wake up enough to figure it out, it's going to be too damn late. Yeah, and we're getting close to that precipice as it is. So wake up, people. Well, and We're running out of time. Well, and that's what's frustrating me so bad when I take a look at this. And everywhere you look, they've got outs. They, oh, liability is not, not mine. Not, not no. mine. And, and, and there's people that are in our, in our realm, legislators that are owning cloud seeding companies. And I bet if we kept peeling back the onion... We would find shell companies up the wazoo who are mm -hmm. benefiting from this. Yeah. It's, no, it is a game. It is a game that is being played with the American people as the pawn, period. And this is also global. It's not just oh, the no, United yeah, States. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. No, this is a global deal. And as they've said outright, they've come out and admitted, we've got too many people. We need to thin the herd. Think about that. What yes. does that mean, folks? Well, and what, what, what most folks aren't, aren't aware of is... Germany's slowly building coal plants because they can't keep their people in electricity, in, in heat, and everything else. So Germany is quietly pulling back from all of their... They were the green leaders, and mm -hmm. they're going to coal, people. Yeah, yeah. It seems, seems to me the new English PM is basically broken with the woke and said, you know what, we're going to do our own thing. Enough of this. A man is a man, a woman is a woman. And we've got to get back to where we were 15, 20 years ago. So Europe is starting to wake up. They've been in this game a lot longer yes. than we have. And it's taken them closer to 40 years to finally recognize it's not working. It's hurting the people. And the people have finally woken up over there. I think we're starting to see a trend in our country as well, even though it might be transitory. We're seeing a change with even within your, your older style moderate Democrats are starting to go, hey, wait a minute, this isn't the way it's meant to be. So... What's the next crisis? Oh, wait. Middle East, Middle has, East just, has just started. Yeah. 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 I, I mentioned to somebody, I said, okay, here's what you're going to see. Uh, if you like your gas prices yep. right now, oh, you're going to love them when they're about $4 more because that's what's coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're going to take a dip first, but yep. they're going to go way back up. Yep. And remember, uh, all of this fun stuff, they... they it's almost like they know this is going to happen because, oh, wait a minute, North Dakota had this thing where they, when, when it reached $90 a barrel, they were supposed to have the, the tax increase, which feeds the legacy fund. Mm -hmm. Well, last le legislative session, yeah, they nixed that. Why would they do that? I, I, I don't know. It's almost like they knew some of this stuff might be coming. Mm, could be. You're just a conspiracy theorist and... I don't know. But I look damn jaunty in that tin hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, there, there's so much that's going on. If you have any doubts about what we're saying, actually go out and Pay look attention. for Agenda 2023. Yeah. Except it, I believe it's Agenda 2033 now, but it's look up either one of them. They're, they're, they're both really good. And read it. Don't yeah. get the cliff notes. No, read the actual document. Because, yeah. because what you're saying is true. Technically, you and I, we've outlived our usefulness. Because sure. by, between 50 and 55, you're supposed to do the humane thing and you're supposed to die. Right, right. Because you're taking up space. Well, and you've got um, <laughs> Ms. Clinton, who wants to go ahead and put those MAGA Republicans into concentration camps. Re-education. Re-education, excuse me. Re-education. <laughs> what does that sound vaguely like? Well, you know, I'm, I'm quite frankly, there's a reason we're not teaching history. There is too much of a confluence of odd things going on simultaneously yeah. to be a coincidence. So, yes, call me a tinfoil hat. She does look jaunty in her, by the way. <laughs> but it is a truth. If the, sometimes the most obvious answer is the most obvious answer. And yeah. we, we tend to, as a society, we're, 
we're, we're too involved. This is going to be the death of us. This is the actual thing that is going to take us down because we've become addicted to those and we're, we've no longer got our heads up looking around on a swivel. Well, and with the development of AI, we aren't going to need to think for no. ourselves anymore. And we have already gotten down that path to the point where uh, literally, and this is, this is going to sound kind of mean, but it, it's not meant to, but we go through this every spring and every fall. Mm-hmm. We get a call from somebody that's renting one of our houses because the furnace isn't working mm. or the air conditioner's not working because you have to switch the little toggle from heat, heat. or cool. to cool. Yep. Depending on the season. Depending on the season, you, you, you got to push the little button. And they can't figure that out. And that is frightening. That shows to the level at which people have become ignorant. See, people aren't stupid. I've always said people aren't stupid. Ignorance. Ignorance is perhaps worse than stupidity. Because when you're stupid, you can be taught. You Correct. can learn how to do things. When you're ignorant, you tend to live in your ignorance either out of pride or just an inability to learn. And it's mostly pride. I, I have to agree with you. And I think the other thing is is that we're engineering it um, with our educational system where everybody gets a blue ribbon and we're rewarding uniformity. We're, we're rewarding groupthink. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are actually striking down any individuality or, or freedom of thought or speech. And it's all coming down to where we're going to have nothing more than pawns on a chessboard and the kings and queens and the lords and ladies, which is why we got on those little boats and sailed away so many years ago, are going to be right back in control of us. And so climate change... CO2 sequestration, things of this nature get pushed down the pipe and nobody really fights it because they don't know enough to understand the hazards. They don't know enough to understand the dynamics behind it. And most importantly, they don't understand the economics of who is to gain. And it's not a... So while our politicians say they wish to benefit all of us, at the end of the day, they're benefiting themselves and their friends and no one else. Well, and it takes... A little bit of spine to stand up and push back against the crowd because the amount of abuse I know I've taken and I know that the amount of abuse that, that you often take when you're on, on your radio show and stuff is, is sometimes um, interesting. They learn how to smile. And the, uh, one last thing, too, and this is when you get hungry, it's too late. Yep. I, I just, you know. When you're out of food, it's too late. Well, and, and having an opinion is one thing, but these people are rabid. Yes, you can't have an opinion. No. Unless your opinion agrees with mine. We've, that's my big bone, is we've lost the ability to talk to each other. And I try to warn my Democratic friends, just because you have a D after your name, when the economy and the society collapses, you're not going to be any safer than anyone else. And if you think you are, you think, well, I voted for you. You think they're going to come pull you up by the, by the helicopter and take you to some uh, island yes. where you'll be living with Epstein? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. China found that out. Russia found that out. Germany found that out. Yep. Um, Cuba. We could continue. Venezuela. Venezuela. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we could continue on by just naming the sites. That's that's what frustrates me so badly. Is the, we've watched it happen throughout history. Yeah. Time what the hell? And time and time again, and we're going down the very same path by design. And and you know. The, I read somewhere when it made so much sense because I've always said the same thing. I've said history repeats itself. No, humanity does. Yes. Humanity repeats itself. History is there to teach us, and we're freaking idiots. Yeah, we don't pay attention to what's going on. So wake up, folks. It is a real deal, and it's coming down the pipe. It may, it may be too late, which is the frightening part. I don't know how far down this particular slope we are. I think people are starting to wake up. Like I say, the old Democrats that are starting to slide to the right, that are starting to realize, you know, today's news that RFK has decided he's going to drop out of the Democratic Party and and run as an independent. You've got more and more people that are looking at the way that the far left has gone, and they're saying, no, we can't take this ship the way it's going. So everything that we've talked about today is tied to control. At the end of the day, it's tied to control. And literally... What I'm always often laughing about is the hubris of man that believes they can actually control the weather. Right. No, it's impossible. (laughs) It is impossible. It's like an ant stopping an automobile that's going to run over it. Squash. You're done. uh, But, but you know, and I don't want this to get religious, but, you know, when when you think you're God, it's really easy to think that you can control all the things that are around you and the, the... 
the happiest people are the ones that realize all the little control you actually have. <laughs> History shows that typically when we think we can control something, we gum the works up even more quickly. Project Storm Fury in the 1950s, which was some of the original cloud seeding of yep. hurricane systems off the East Coast. They had to discontinue the program when I think it, it wasn't Audrey. I forget the name of the hurricane that they seeded, and it ended up causing more damage when it hit Florida. Instead of dissipating, it reintensified. So there's a lot of examples within the weather community where, where they've had to cancel or change things. And then it pops back up as cloud seeding in North Dakota. Again, yeah. I want to see the definitive proof from 40, 50 years of, of research that says here, because by now you should have something. You should have a definite trend that says here are the results we can definitively point to. I want to see the same thing, but I want to see it where it's not government funded. Right. Yeah, there's got to be some private research people who have looked at this at the same way. And maybe they've looked at it and they didn't get their paper published because they said, eh, it's been a colossal waste of money. Well, everybody, it's been another fun Monday. Thank you, Mark. I enjoy when you're here. We always have such fun going over facts that people are going to go, well, that's not true. But I would like to say thank you very much. You have a great rest of your day. And everybody, have a wonderful Monday. Common Sense Uncensored is saying bye-bye.